I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Krafchick, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Brunchables, welcome to another episode of Brunch Talk by the Dateable Podcast. If you're new to these episodes, we have a episode that we do during the week, and then we have one on the weekend where we can address some of the questions that you all have sent in. And we've gotten so many questions in. It's so great, but you can still keep sending them in. We love Brunch Talk, and we love all the topics that you're all asking us about. This is like the little side dish that you get, the extra. (laughs) It's like when you have to pay extra for that avocado, we're giving you the free avocado. Fuck. 
Isn't it the worst? It's so it savage when, do, when they do that. It's like, you, you know, brunch is already not that cheap. And then you add on avocado, which is like sometimes $3 more. I, I just know. like, I don't understand. You just BYO avocado. Yeah, but then they're like $3 <laughs> at the grocery store too. It's always so ridiculous how expensive they are, but they're so damn good, which is what kind of justifies the cost. That's always that mental calculation. Is it worth it? How much better will it be with that avocado? Uh, I was recently heard someone talk about value versus price. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the price is what you pay, but the value is what you get out of it. So if you're paying for something that brings you a lot of value, it's worth it. Totally. So he's like, whatever you add on extra, think about how much value that brings you. So I think avocado does bring a lot of value, especially during brunch. It seems like the go-to brunch side dish. It's crazy. Yeah. Isn't that the the same with dating though, right? How much value are you getting? <laughs> <laughs> Is it you're like, hmm, I'm going on this date. Two drinks would be like 40 bucks. $10 to take an Uber. But yep. they could be amazing, right? <laughs> right. Yep. And sometimes I have to get a little wax, you know, like get the hair did, get the nails did. And it ends up being like 500 bucks. <laughs> it isn't worth it. <laughs> That's why video dating is so much easier. Yeah, that Zoom filter is a free 99. So exactly. you can use it all <laughs> Slap you on want. some fake makeup, get dressed from the waist up. Oh, so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think of dating as, because it does add up. Even it totally I know a lot does. of guys say that men spend more when it comes to dating. It's not true. Women spend equally as much, if not sometimes more. Just a lot of it is even in the prep work. But I always thought of the price tag as like the price for admission for a show. You're either going to meet someone amazing or you're going to watch a very entertaining show and I would pay that much for a play or a musical so why not get like that one-on-one experience an immersive experience (laughs) (laughs) immersive for two (laughs) (laughs) really good experience for all uh so let's get to the question this one we've gotten a lot of different variations of this question. And we finally decided to do it because we kind of received another question this past week that was the cherry on top for it all. So <laughs> let's get to it. The top line of the, this question is, can you stay friends with your exes? Yes. And some more context that we got from the last one. And like UA said, we've heard, you know, differing levels of this question time and time again. But this one said, I've tried to remain friends, but it's often pretty hard and the friendship, in quotes, usually fizzles out. However, Mm -hmm. my last ex genuinely wanted to remain friends and has been a good friend in the sense that they give sound advice and has helped me out with various things, acting much like my other guy friends. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a tricky one. And even following us for a while, you know that I have a very strong stance on this. I mentally murder my exes. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I'm not going to stay friends with them. And recently, when I was thinking about why that is, there I have two main reasons. One is I just feel like my exes represent a different side of me, a past me, a chapter that I want to close. So that's the only way I can really progress forward. The second main reason is because I don't think it's fair for 
my future partner or their future partner if we remain close friends. Now, I'm talking about close friendships here. Sure, you can remain acquaintances. I mean, I still say like a little hi there here and there on Facebook or on Instagram with some of my exes from like 10 years ago. Sure, but we're not like having one-on-one coffee conversations or talking about life and who we're dating. That's just, in my mind, impossible. But that's, again, that's only for my experience and that's what I'm most comfortable with. You mean you don't invite all your exes to brunch? every week you don't do I that? do but they <laughs> never show up so I stopped <laughs> you know I'm very conflicted on this one I used to be pro staying in touch with exes because I felt that you know there was a reason why you liked them in the first place the reason mm-hmm. why you had the relationship that you did and pending there wasn't a reason this person severely hurt you I think being treated poorly is reason enough not to keep anyone in your life whether you were romantic or not but let's say for all intents and purposes, it ended civilly. There was some reason, maybe even outside of you two, that caused this relationship to end. I did feel that you should keep this person in your life. That being said, (laughs) over Mm -hmm. the years, my tune has changed a little. And I think ultimately it comes down to, is this person holding you back from meeting someone that is a better fit? Bingo. Even if this person was freaking phenomenal, there's a reason why your relationship ended, right? Mm -hmm. Someone or both of you did not feel like it was compatible, didn't want to keep committing, didn't want to make it work, whatever that may be, there was a reason. And by that definition alone, there's someone better out there for you, someone that will Mm -hmm. be there with you to make it work. So I think if this person is holding you back, and sometimes it's not super apparent, it could even be that you don't, you know, have feelings for them, but maybe they're your plus one to the wedding, so you don't have to go alone. Or maybe they're your de facto dinner date, or you do things with them, like, I don't know, just to avoid loneliness. That could be holding you back, not making the space for someone that will actually be your all. So I think that's first and foremost, how is this person affecting you? How prominent are they in your life? I also think it's very different checking in via text once every couple months versus you're hanging out with this person every week or texting all day every day. I think those are all very different scenarios. And not to say that this is completely impossible. I've definitely heard of friends who've become very close friends with their exes, Mm -hmm. but it took time. And I think that's key. It's that it takes time for you to get over each other romantically. And also it takes time for you to get over the breakup too. So give it that time. And if you feel like you're in a good place to have a platonic friendship with your ex, I think it's worth revisiting if you really feel like you want this person in your life. I, I know it gets a little tricky if you were friends first. And then you became romantic partners and then you feel like you lost a friendship. We've heard a lot of that too. But it again, it takes time. You can't just dive into it. And kind of a good rule of thumb is you almost have to be in a good relationship yourself before Mm -hmm. you can open that door with some of your exes. I was going to say that I feel like I'm like, could I stay friends like even with my, you know, most serious ex that ultimately I basically had to sever the friendship. But could I have if he had moved on and I'm where I am now? Would yeah, that right. work? I don't know. Maybe it would. I don't know. But also I'm like, does my new partner need to go to brunch with my ex? Probably no. not. You know, like it's 
you know, it's kind of one of those things that if it just happens to be that way, but I would also go back that there's many shades of gray here too, is like how serious was this relationship? How, you know, I think like if you were friends first, it was more of a friends with benefits thing. Both of you weren't super invested. I think that's very different than the person that completely broke your heart, right? So there's a very wide range that we're talking to here. So ultimately, you know you, you know your situation. I think a litmus test is when this person texts you, how do you feel? Yeah. Are you like super giddy and excited? That might mean that there's still some feelings there. Are you almost like angry that they texted you? Also could be some feelings there. Or are you very neutral? Because I think that's the big difference. I feel like what is it? The opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. So if you feel just very calm and collected when this person messages you, no big deal, then that's a sign that maybe you could make something work. I'm not gonna lie. There are certain exes in my life that if I were to get a text for them now, it would bring a little something something to me. I don't know, little tingles, a little butterflies. Not that I want to be with them, but it does bring up the memories from that time in my life. And so those are the people I don't want to open the door with. I feel like it could be very much in the danger zone. But if you do feel that like sense of love in a very platonic way of this person, like I care about them, I want to learn more about them and hear what's going on in their life. Maybe that is more of the safe zone. But like Julie said, I think there's so many layers to this. If if it's just a hookup, then maybe it's a different scenario. If it's like a very significant relationship, it's a different scenario. You just have to gauge it the way that makes sense for you. Now, for me, if my current partner brought around his ex and was like, we're totally platonic. She She's a really big part of my life. She's good friends with my family. Be like, I don't want to see my Pogo sisters. Like, no, I don't. I don't need to share that. You know, like, I'm sure he doesn't want to be Eskimo brothers with some of my friends. Like, I don't I don't want to be part of that. Okay. I don't want to be like in this tribe. So to me, I'm like, would I like that if my partner did that to me? No, I wouldn't. So I just don't think it would be very fair. That's a really good litmus test. I think, you know, I have two exes. One, I engage with every so often. It's very infrequent. I would say maybe at this point once a year. Like it's really Mm -hmm. infrequent. Also helps that he lives in a different country. So that's another factor that helps. And we didn't date as long either. So there's like that piece too. And we did a video call over COVID. And this was before I met my current partner. And you know, there was no feelings whatsoever. And he didn't really, you know, maybe if I had made a move, he would have like advanced it to be more flirtatious, but he didn't either. So it did not feel bad. It felt very platonic. And I think that person If he lived here, I probably maybe could like talk to every so often. I don't know. Mm. Again, I don't know how much like I'd want to hang out because like I have a partner now and it would really come down to his comfort with it. But I could see it potentially being someone because there's just no feelings there. Right. My other ex, on the other hand, like I had to essentially be like, I can't do this anymore. Like even texts or anything because, you know, there were still, I didn't have feelings similar to you, UA. It's not like I was like longing to get back together, but it would still elicit things for yes. me. And you were in and love with him. 
Yeah. And I think that was the big difference too. It's just like my feelings in general, the amount of time, like there were so many different factors of the two. And, you know, also he hadn't like fully moved on, I don't think. So that was like another piece of it. So it just situation wise, I had to think about myself. What is best for me? Like that's where I had to go is like, what is best for me? And what is best for my present, not my past? And sometimes that's a hard answer. And sometimes the answer is not this past person. There's a reason, again, that this person is from the past. And even when you were just bringing up your the other less serious ex, I also want to be like, Julie, you have plenty of friends. I can't imagine you being like, I'm going to carve out time just for this guy when you have so many other friends that you can hang out with that you would rather hang out with. It's like, yes, maybe. Okay, sure. No more feelings. I could hang out with this person. But will you ever make time? Probably not. Right. This is a random side note. I'm not even sure if I told you this, UA, which means that Uh this is like not even a big deal, that it's not affecting me. But my my past ex, and I've talked to him on the pod about uh, about him on the podcast, had to leave and go back to the UK. So that's why we we broke up. And he was actually back in San Francisco visiting. Oh, um, I want to say like I don't know November, October, November of last year, and he messaged me through WhatsApp multiple times. And none of them went through. And I messaged Whoa. him because I had to talk to him at a lot of time, like over the holidays, because that's usually like when we would catch up. And he's like, oh, like, <laughs> I messaged you and you never responded. What a sign. And he, I sent him a screenshot of my messages that did not include his. And he sent me a screenshot of his that included multiple reach outs and tries. He's like, oh, I thought you were just ignoring me. And I'm like, maybe this is a side because oh, I probably shit. would have been like, oh, I should meet up. And then it would have been awkward. And then I don't even know if I've actually even told him I have a new partner because we don't like talk that much. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're not at that level friendship. Right. So I'm like, I think this just worked itself out for the better. <laughs> I didn't even have a decision to make. So maybe that's <laughs> what people do is just send a message to your ex over Weech- WhatsApp and see if it goes through and have WhatsApp decide. <laughs> If you should reconnect with your ex or not. (laughs) I like this. It's easier to make it that decision. Yeah. Leave it to technology. (laughs) Yeah. So, But do you think you would have hung out with him if those messages went through? I probably would have because – or I would have at least had the conversation with my current partner. Mm -hmm. And I think he would have been open to it also because he has like a past ex he still keeps in touch with and I've become okay with it. And again, it's not like a frequent thing. I think the frequency is a big piece of it too. But do they hang out one-on-one? No, it's more in a group because they were in friends group. Yeah, it's very different. Like you said you would maybe hang out with him if the messages went through, but you meant like not one-on-one. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what, but what would the option be that I just bring my current partner to? Like, that would be awkward. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's very strange. It's just awkward all around. I mean, that's what makes it challenging. And that's why it depends on the situation. Like, if you or your ex were in the same group of friends, it makes it a lot less weird, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's all kind of weird. It's all kind of (laughs) weird. I think there's only one ex. I would be willing to see, and that's my ex of five years who's now married with a kid. Right, because you both moved on. Too. We moved on, and it's, it was so long ago. We dated over a decade ago. It's just like totally different lifetime. So that's the only person I can see okay. not murdering. So let's say he called you up and he's like, yeah. I'm in LA right now. Would you want to meet up? Would you go one-on-one or would you bring your partner and have him bring his wife? Oh, it would definitely be a double date. 
interested. I wouldn't see him one-on-one. Yeah. Again, it's my time allocation. Why would I allocate it to someone I haven't really had a relationship with in so long? I would definitely do a double date. But I think this is good. It's like all these boundaries are also important because there isn't a one-size-fits-all answer to this at all. As I know the person that wrote us in was hoping for a very cut or dry <laughs> yes, no. Unfortunately, that is not the case. No. We do not know your situation well enough. We do not know how you operate well enough. So there's never going to be a cut and dry. I think the other thing for me that helped was what are the boundaries? Like with my other ex chatting on the phone or seeing each other in person was a definite no chatting on the phone brought shit up for me text was like text is the only way i'll interact with him now like we've kind of we haven't talked in a long time at this point but if he were to reach out now like i would maybe engage back in text but i would not go any further than that like that would be the ultimate max of where it went So I think that's also important to know is what's going to bother you and what can you kind of, you know, roll with a little more. And maybe it's even like they talk about, I don't know, you still have a boundary too. Like we can't talk about our relationship at all at this point. Like we've already, you know, sealed this up. Like we're not revisiting good times. We're not saying the I miss you's and all the shit that's like very lovey-dovey. Like that stuff is a boundary too. So I think- That's a huge way that you can preserve something. But then ultimately, you need to ask yourself, like, what am I really gaining for this? If if your friendship has all these rules around it, that's the other side of it. Yeah, seriously, what's the point? I think we just have to be so honest with ourselves and ask, what is my intention here? Because I can see, because I've definitely been there, I want to keep in touch with this ex because I'm hoping that maybe we could reignite things later down the line. Or I want to hear my ex tell me that they miss me because I need that validation. So let's just be super honest and ask, what is my intention here? And I think that's the ultimate test of all is like, just be honest with yourself. I mean, that is what it comes down to. I think (laughs) looking back on it, I never was really friends with my ex and he was never really friends with me. Like the one that, you know, to this day, I still would struggle being friends with. It was almost like a fake way that we could keep talking. Yes. You know, allow the relationship to continue without being in a relationship again. So ultimately, both parties need to have the most pure of attentions. And then really, it needs to come down to also... Like, what is it that, what value are you getting at the end of the day? You know, we started this with the value equation and I don't want to like, you know, equate every last person to what value are they giving you? It's not like that, but there is an opportunity cost of spending time with certain people for every person, especially in dating, when you're with the wrong people, you cannot be with the right person. That is a fact. So ultimately asking yourself what is it that I'm getting from this person? I think an X is probably the one person that it's okay to ask that. Everyone else, maybe not so much. But in this case, because you had a history, it didn't work out, you're looking for ultimately what this person couldn't provide you, it is important to have that conversation. Yes. Agreed. I think the other part that I want to address is on this person wrote in and said, this person's been a good friend in the sense that he gives sound advice and has helped me out with other various things, acting like my other guy friends. I think this is interesting because ultimately, one, 
is there a unique take that you're not getting elsewhere, especially if you do have other guy friends? And again, we don't know the answer to that. Like maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But I think that's important to ask yourself. And then two, how much can you talk about future relationships without getting a biased answer? Realistically, even if there's an inkling that this person has some feelings for you, you might not get this unbiased response fully. Yeah, I think we all have a romance bias where we listen more to our partners than we do other people. We actually put more weight on their advice to us. So when an ex is giving you advice, maybe it's not new advice. It's just that you're listening more carefully too. And sometimes we equate that to a close friendship or a connection Mm -hmm. when you're just putting them kind of on a pedestal above other people in your life. That's a really good point. Because I think also too, sometimes you need to make space We were talking about earlier, if you're always relying on this person, then what's really the motivation to find that new partnership? I think, I don't know, times when you felt a little lonelier and you've craved that connection that almost like causes you to act a little more to get to what you're ultimately looking for. This is a tricky one, though. And like we said up front, there's no one size fits all pending you want a relationship current day, and this person couldn't provide you with the relationship. There's all shades of X's. There's all shades of where you are current day. So again, it all comes back to how do you feel around this person when they reach out to you? Yes. Good luck with that. We can all relate. So tread carefully. And we are here to support you. And if you have other questions you like to ask, we are taking all the questions for Brunch Talk. You can email us at hello at datablepodcast.com or you can DM us on Instagram at datablepodcast. Awesome. See you next week. Bye. The Datable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Datable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay datable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Stay dateable.